So, on today's episode of How to Society Mental Health something that they need medicine for it mm-hmm. they just need somebody to talk to but they have nobody mm-hmm. so right. how do you even cope with that mm-hmm. yep i mean let's ask cody he deals with that all the time i go to an expert oh do you I actually consult. have a therapist i consult myself oh <laughs> that's nice. that's where you went wrong yeah no but i got a serious no like i do like i have a therapist that i see and i just go there just to talk Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, it's like stress, stress relief. That's all I got to go for stress management. Because why not? Yeah. I don't want to, like, I, you guess what you got your friends for. So, you know, talk and have casual conversation with and maybe unload some stress. But I don't want to burden because I got a lot of stress. I lose a lot of friends. <laughs> I've already lost one. Wow, <laughs> oh, you're still here. You don't Is understand what the word Loose means. Um, the reason why we're sitting on opposite ends of the table. 
Oh, I gotcha. Well, and um, on, hold on, what was I going to say? Because it was on that point. Oh, like the pandemic is a perfect example of how unstable our mental health is as a society. Yeah. I mean, the amount of people actively looking for counselors and therapists and requiring therapy and all that kind of stuff, all because well, we can't interact with each other as much anymore. Well, yeah, and we don't I mean, have the resources to support that kind of social distancing, even. Not that I disagree with anything mental health illness. I mean, we all have plenty of experience with it. But my thing is, like, a lot of the problems that seemed to be around didn't seem, like, not that they weren't around, but nobody really paid attention to them, mm-hmm. you know, 50 years mm-hmm. ago, 70 mm-hmm. years ago. And now it's just very, I don't know, hip. Hmm. to uh, you I know, get, have depression. I get where you're coming either. from. Um, it does seem like it's a modern issue. They also used to treat most of those issues by lobotomizing people. So yeah, I, I don't want to say that it used to be better because by yeah. no means. Yeah. I think yeah, I mean, the difference was back then those people were literally made to keep it in and they just either killed themselves and then it was nobody's problem. Mm-hmm. Or they were literally the town idiot, yep. you know, and so that's or, just how they treated it. Or they accused them of being possessed by demons. That too. I guess when I was when I was thinking mental illness, I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking so much as the debilitating kind. And gotcha. uh, I, I'm, I'm that's bigger fair. picture I mean, thing. Like, I still gotcha. know people today, like people that I work with, that will legitimately say anxiety is not a real thing. Oh. Yeah, so there's a lot of people like that. As you say, the biggest issue we have really around mental illness is the stigma. I mean, you can't say you have a mental illness problem without people automatically assuming, oh, so you're Mm -hmm. crazy? Now, trust me, I know some crazy mental illness people. Um, So the point is, it's not only a need to treat it, it's a need to acknowledge it and then work on it. Right. Well, it starts... I'm sorry. I don't mean to monopolize the conversation. However, um, the other thing to think about is we don't know very much about it because the only way to truly study mental illness is to understand the levels of the neurotransmitters in your brain. And um, I don't know if you know this, but it's hard to, uh, you know, cut up someone's brain and uh, them still be that's alive. That's what the neural link so. is going to be for. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yes. like, and, but that's the thing about our medications, our antipsychotics, our antidepressants. We're kind of like, yeah, it seems to make people feel better. We think it has something to do with dopamine and serotonin. Well, and now they have the scans, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, the one that actually cuts through the mm-hmm. brain and slices and it shows mm-hmm. every bit in color and all that stuff. Right. But that still doesn't tell us enough. I, I know, it, but it it's has a start. Us a lot. Mm. Yes. As well as all the sensors that can pick up where the activity is, and it's yes. all a matter of doing more testing, and that's why we've been able to address it more now than we used to, because mm-hmm. we actually know a little bit more about yep. it. Yep. And that, and we've acknowledged it as something we need to look into. Not that this has anything to do with anything, but you can give a lobster antidepressants and make him happy, because they have the same neurobiochemistry neuro- that we do. With lobsters are one of the few animals that are immortal, so I mean, of course they're gonna be upset. Whoa. I didn't know lobsters. Could you were imagine so, living forever? <clears throat> they they don't get sick, and they don't have the cell degeneration. That's why they're immortal. They can still die. Yeah, right. Obviously, Obviously. they're but not gonna take over like, the world. Right, like like by boiling them. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
So we keep the lobster population in check, huh? Good to know. Well, we should eat more lobster. Most of the mental illness is caused by vaccines, so. Oh okay. my gosh. No, no. no I read a, a really good paper about that. No, by, I'm not uh, even talking about this. Who really was in California, paper. but he moved to, to LA, oh. uh, to London to continue his research. You know, so. I, yeah, why don't we just, I feel so like we just had this question. We need to, yeah, we, I think we did. But mm-hmm. anyway, the point is, we need to retract all that because that's not factual in any <laughs> no, shape or form. No, it's not factual. Know your facts. Um, yeah, it was what? Did you read that on a Facebook post? I don't think this. It was a joke. I know, I know, it's a joke. I I'm think, making sure they know it's I a joke. I don't think this episode can delve into vaccines because that's its own mess of issues. So we'll just leave it at vaccines work, go take them. <laughs> no, we're not being paid by anybody to say that. Science proves it. If you, if you have any questions, go read papers. There like are actual scientific data-driven papers. Peer-reviewed. Peer-reviewed, yeah. Not your friend's Facebook page. Yeah. There is actually more papers for it than there are against it from the actual scientific community. And the ones that were against it, because there were a lot of legit concerns at the beginning, all of those issues have been addressed <laughs> and then some. So. Well, okay, so not... To go further into this topic, but I have a question for you. So we're talking about mental illness, and you have a lot of people in today's day and age who, even though there's an overwhelming amount of evidence for things like vaccines, the earth being around, all these kinds of things, they still say all these people are lying. I mean, that has to, in and of itself, knowing how much evidence there is for these things, like not all of them, but like some of these people have to have mental illnesses. So I mean, go ahead. It, it isn't quite a mental illness. That's just part of how your brain works. It's a lot of the times it's a part of either fight or flight, or it can you could delve a little bit deeper into it and consider it to be more of a like a stress management. Like a, if I don't think about it, it can't hurt me kind right. of deal. So that's what most of that happens. Plus, lack of education mm-hmm. is a huge thing. That's, that's what I would um, take it to is not even a lack of, of education, a lack of understanding about how to recognize um, information presented to you that is, you know, based in factual stuff and, you know, you can reproduce it and, you know, like, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Research that is... Provable? Not provable, but like... Experimentable? No, like means that it's like credible. Oh, uh-huh. there you go. Huh? Credible. Just just credible research. <laughs> like people don't even understand that there's a difference between a paper that's not credible and a paper that is credible. Mm-hmm. They don't really understand that. Like you gotta know who posted it and who who funded the research too. I feel like it got us off on a tangent. Yeah, that's a little right. bit. But I mean like ignorance is bliss when it comes to that. Like oh. what was it that I and this was what, uh, there was a uh, Texas booed somebody because they said that the moon reflects sunlight? Um, I mean, that's, that's it does. Fact, that's yeah. literally how you see the moon. Yeah, well, there are people out there who believe the earth is flat. Well, yeah, but that's just, it goes again, like, I think people just need something to argue about. I, what? like, as a hobby, I go and find so, things to argue with and, people. And about. that's what happens a lot of time. It starts off with people trolling, and then it just goes mm-hmm. from there. But you got it's just a misinformation. It's mm-hmm. very yes. strong mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And that's part of the issue, bringing the topic back to mental health. Um, 
again, knowing the signs and educating mm-hmm. people about how to deal with people who... Mm-hmm. So, it, and then the thing is, it, it runs the gamut. I mean, you could you could say that our the U.S.'s issue with food, that's a mental health all of its own. The reason we eat what we eat, a lot of, a lot of people eat to eat their feelings away, if you will. I have so many opinions. Let, let's, let's talk about... What I like is when people say, how how can you be depressed? You've got so much things to be happy for. And then, you know, I always love the memes where it's like, why do you have asthma? There's so much air around you. There's so much air to breathe. Yes. Acting like it's Mm -hmm. not important. Like, even the medical field needs to work on it because we, how we treat you know, somebody with diabetic issues and a thing, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's not your fault you have diabetes, you know, it's, you know, genetics and it's a disorder and we're going to treat it and we're going to help you and here's your supplies. You have anxiety or depression or schizophrenia and we're like, oh, what did you do wrong in your life? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, are you anxious because of how you're living and are, what, what are you doing in your life to make it better versus, you know, you have this disorder, now let's find a way to treat it. Mm. Like it's which, yeah, in which to that point, I think that maybe, like, the way they're, like, it's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, if, you know, if you're, if you're living in a, in a stressful, uh, anxious environment, you should, you should get out of right. it. You should, you should. so, but I think the way that they go about it and saying it, like, well, you need to, what are you doing to do, like, why are you Which worried? is a valid, like, question, but then again, when they tell you, like, okay, well, here's a resource on how to get yourself out of, out of your home. Here's, these people mm-hmm. can possibly help you or lead to help you. Here's what we can do to otherwise treat your anxiety until you get out of this, that, and the other. Right, so, and, uh, like, on that kind of note, do you think somebody who has a broken brain is capable of using their own brain to fix their problem? (laughs) Half the time, people aren't aware. I mean, how long did it take you to figure out that you had been depressed? I mean, usually it's not something that's like, oh, I'm depressed. No, it's like, how come for this last week I haven't felt anything? Mm -hmm. Like, you know. I mean, that's a really good point. When I was growing up, I I never realized that I had depression until I was suicidal, and then it actually hit me. Oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it's it's not normal that every time I see a speeding car, I'm like, ooh, I wonder if I could just walk And honestly, I I had no idea that that wasn't normal. I remember um, they took me to Madison, because that's the only place you can go for mental health crises Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So I had made a suicide attempt. We went to Madison, and the nurse was sitting there talking with me, and he's like, so, you know, I mean, did you have a plan, all these different things? I was like, yep. And I was like, but I mean, I've always had a plan. He's like, what do you mean always? I was like, I don't know. I've just, I've always known if I was going to kill myself, I know how I would do it. It just, like, I thought that, that was normal. And he's like, that is, no, that's not normal at all. And I was like, so wait, like, if you're driving, do you, like, ever just think about swerving into a truck and, you know, whatever? He's like, no, I don't. But I don't have depression. I'm like, you know, I never thought about myself having depression before. And it was, it was really weird. But, I mean, I was, I was also a cutter when I was a teenager, too. And still, it never clicked with me that I might be suffering from, you know, something like mm-hmm. depression. It just... Well, and even... And, like, I have... I feel that way, too, because I didn't recognize I had an anxiety problem. 
until I was like 20 in nursing school and going to the ER for, you know, my heart is racing and I'm dying. And they're like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with your heart. Like, oh, sweet. Yeah, we just think you have anxiety. I'm like, is that what it is? Like, you mean since I was six years old and I can remember telling my mom, like, I, just, I feel like I'm gonna, I need to dance all crazy. That's the six-year-old version of a panic attack. Hmm. Didn't yeah, know that. Well, and that, that's something that, like, therapists and counselors always ask you, like, well, how long have you been dealing with this? And it's like, you know, I don't know, as long as I can, honestly, as long as I can remember, especially since puberty, but honestly, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you can remember, it's just been... Blocked, it's always on there. You know? Which can lead to an interesting thing about mental health. The w- the worst resources we have are for kids and adolescents as far as mental health goes. Mm-hmm. We have all this stuff for adults, but when it comes to treating mm-hmm. children, um, uh, our there resources is, are so limited. There is <laughs> nobody in town that specializes in children's psychology. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. um, like there are some people that were like, yeah, we'll talk to your child. But there's nobody that's, like, legit hmm. aid. Because I've called, um, like, my therapist's office. I was like, hey, you know, I'd like to get my daughter in to talk to my therapist because, you know, these are some issues that she's having. I think it would be beneficial. They're like, Were we had a person. They're no longer with us. They moved somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next closest person is, like, over here. And I was like, mm-hmm. not alone. I mean, like. I, I would, as a parent, I should be willing to drive, but I was like, it's not I, I don't want to have to drive that far out of my area. I'll just, like, I, I've suffered with it. Like, I've, <laughs> <laughs> not saying that my child suffered so, with it, but I've suffered with so it. So you're, you're continuing the cycle, though? No, no. So, but what I'm saying is, like, I've suffered with it. I know kind of, like, how I would, I know it's different for everyone. I know how I would like to be talking about it. I, I, there's certain ways that I like it to be discussed and like I have sat down and talked with my children like okay what's going on like what can we do to make improvements what do you need from me to make the situation better because like I said like there's a place down by the middle school mm-hmm. I think they have like they don't specialize in children but they'll mm-hmm. take in children yeah they're garbage <laughs> they don't let you talk they blast you with questions and then say well why do you think that is I don't know I'm coming to you why do you think that is help me help you (laughs) help me so actually I think that's a really good point I think most people don't understand that when it comes to like going to a counselor versus someone like a psychiatrist like the counselor's job is to help you organize your thoughts and process your stuff. So that really is a very normal therapy for things like counseling. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, most of the people in Reedsburg, anyway, who, you know, counselor or anything, like, they're counselors. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I know we have one psychiatrist, at least, at the hospital, but I think that's the only one, you know. Right, I think. I'm I'm not 100% sure how many psychiatrists are in Reedsburg anymore. But but I know know most of the the people I've seen for mental health in Reedsburg have all been counselors, you know. Correct. And that's another, we, I mean, so we're already in healthcare shortage, right, the workers. Um, Psychiatry suffers big time. Like, the amount of psychiatric uh, providers we have is so small and it's a field that is so difficult 
to be a part of because of the type of patients we take care of and because you don't have the resources to properly take care of them. I mean, it's a... Ugh. Mm -hmm. Somebody somebody told me that you would almost need a like psychiatrist for a psychiatrist. Yes, yeah. that's actually a thing. Because, like, yeah, psychiatrists like you're, see you're each other. In, like you're absorbing all of these yes. people's like mm-hmm. info and vibes, and you're just like at the end of the day, I would I couldn't mm-hmm. do it because I'd be like, now I'm upset. <laughs> I'm. Uh-huh. How do I rationalize it? I'm supposed to help because I sort of like I I have people, but I can't take my own advice. So if there are like psychiatrists out there that are, you know, I think that's a normal thing. Like you can mm-hmm. help people, but you can't take your own advice. Then they get like, mm-hmm. right. And now they have all the burdens of all their patients on them too. Absolutely, I think that's yep, yep. Well, I mean, Hannibal's a good example. I mean, all of them had their each other as an as a psychiatrist. Well, you know what else is funny is that when it comes to counseling and stuff, even technically pastors are certified counselors, mm-hmm. you know, so like, it, I mean, and so you think about that, like if you go to a professional place or a pastor, the advice you're going to get is going to be so mm-hmm. very different, not necessarily that the pastors are stupid or anything, but they're coming at it from a very different perspective than somebody who's coming at it from a professional, you know, worldview, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I, I know personally, like sitting down with several pastors and having that counseling, it just... It leaves something to be desired, well, and I, especially when you're trying to say, you know, all of this is, mm-hmm. you know, demons are spiritual forces, and it's like, if you just pray more, you'll do better, which in some cases can help, but it doesn't help any more than actually just sitting and meditating does, calming mm-hmm. your thoughts and getting to your center. Well, and I think that's a, I think as far as like pastor versus counselor for counseling, I think that's really going to depend on how much you appreciate the advice they give you is going to depend on what your spiritual views are too. So I think, cause a lot of counselors I've been to, they always ask about religious preferences yep. and you know, they want, if they find out you're a Christian and that's important to you, you know, they will change to talking about God and how the Bible can help you and things like that too, rather than giving you another book to read. Right. So, if you are going to try and solve the issue, other than education, some kind of fucking health insurance that mm-hmm. covered all that. Tell you what, I'll, 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 I, I got yeah. this solved. Okay. Stop the war on, on, on drugs, make them all legal, take all those profits and the money you're saving from the war on drugs, and put all of that into mental health. Okay. Make a solution. But... How would you actually... So, you'd need to educate people. Mm-hmm. Say you had the budget, basically. You okay, had I can that do budget. whatever I wanted. Oh, yeah. yeah, the magic okay. wand. All right, I have the magic wand. What would Megan do? Okay, this is exciting. I could do whatever I want. Okay, so first of all, um, we need... So, we need better mental health facilities, okay? okay. And then... And, like, even... So even think of our geriatrics, okay? We have we have older patients who have all of these disorders too, and Sorry, so like what are geriatrics? Older patients. Okay. Yep. Cool. Geriatrics means our it's, older. Is it over fifty? I don't know. It means they're old. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the technicalities. Okay, that that age in my mind shifts as I get older. Ah. <laughs> um, but. Where was I going with this? So we need um, better mental health 
services in our long-term care facilities, mm -hmm. okay? That's a good place to start. Get our older population um, taken care of. Then we need, and I know we need, um, oh, okay, oh, this is a little bit harder than so I thought. So it should be educated in yep. schools. Yep, and, well, and so it's hard to like tweak curriculum and say, whoa. I know, but it yeah, should but be. I mean, we, have so, health, we have health classes. Exactly. We have sex That's classes. True. Yes. It should, it should be, be part. Taught, yeah. yeah, it should be then part of, yep, yep. More money and education should go towards counselors because mm -hmm. we don't want a, a fron like from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yes, yes. <we laughs> so that should be a oh, thing. Oh, yeah, and like investing in school counselors. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's a good point. The only year I spent in the public school system, they sent me to the counselor because mm -hmm. one of my teachers was like, I think there's something like <laughs> Yes. And I just remember I went and saw them. It was like a five-minute conversation. Mm -hmm. They're like, are you okay? I'm like, yep. And they're like, is anything going on? I'm like, no, I'm fine. And like, they're like, okay, bye. And I was like, okay, bye. And like, that's all that ever happened. Like, I mean, and my teacher had good, good reasons to be concerned, but yeah, yeah. that's all that yeah. happens. Like, yeah. what are they going to do? You know, we need to have better places to send people than just Winnebago and Mendota. Mm -hmm. huh. Then the other thing I, I think should also happen is refocusing in the way we treat. Uh, so let me give an example. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are on medicine that don't need medicine. They need to treat the underlying symptom. Mm -hmm. Or like people who think they ha are sick. You know, that's mm -hmm. mental health related. Mm -hmm. So if you address all that, that would take out a lot of people that are hurting the system, if you will. So covering things like meditation therapy under insurance, right? And yeah. making sure everybody mm -hmm. has insurance. Um, but your personal trainer under insurance. <laughs> right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's as simple as that. Like making therapies that psychiatrists can prescribe mm -hmm. covered, so that people can actually go to them. But I mean, how many of these mental health problems do you think literally are just from our terrible diet, no exercise, all these kinds of things? So I think you you you're right, but I think it's usually the other way around. That the depression the, things cause you to yeah. yes, but. It, it's, it's it's a circle. They, they, yeah, they feed yes. off exactly. <clears throat> so you need to change multiple things at mm -hmm. once in order to break free. However, mm -hmm. if you can at least control your mental mm -hmm. faculties, if you will, it'll make you be more clear about making those other decisions that are going right. to improve. Um, crisis workers. So being an ER nurse, I've worked with many crisis workers. We need more of them. We just do not have enough people whose sole job, and they're, they work for like the public health usually, um, whose job is to say, oh, in this hospital, they've got a suicidal patient. You know, where, where can this person go so that we can keep them safe and get them back in line before, until, until they're safe to go home, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I remember... Sorry. No, but okay, go ahead. When I went to the hospital for my episode, they had like seven or nine other people who came in that night for suicidal stuff too. And I mean, you have to have somebody sit with that person the entire time until the counselor or whoever can come see them, check and them out. Clears them. Yeah, clears them or says, no, you need to go somewhere else to get, you know, full time stuff and so i mean you're taking nurses off the floor mm -hmm. to sit with these patients to constantly be in the room and then you only have one psychiatrist going to these nine different patients having hour-long conversations trying to see if are you a danger to yourself are you a danger to others what do we need to do mm -hmm. and so i mean it it took hours for them to finally get to me because i mean i wasn't that desperate of a case you know what i mean like mm -hmm. 
I at that point like, I had like gotten my somebody who had actually taken a whole bottle of Tylenol right, right then and there. Right, I right, gotcha. right. Yep. Yeah. Or like I remember there was you know like I was in my room and there's like multiple people screaming you know blah 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 and I was just like, yep, yep, <laughs> and I am one of these people. Like, <laughs> that's what I remember thinking. I know that's Aww. terrible, but I just like. I well, like, but oh. think about that. That's. So the only environment we have to put people in with that kind of problem is a place filled with people who are actually suffering with debilitating Mm -hmm. mental health Mm -hmm. illness problems like schizophrenia and, um, you know, horrible bipolar and... Well, because we have no early ways to intervene. Mm -hmm. So we have to wait till it escalates to that point. Right. And then we send them to a place Mm -hmm. where they're going to be put with people who are screaming (laughs) and yelling and seeing things. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, listen, man, I just kind of need, you know. I just need someone to give me a hug. I'm just kidding. That is not the solution to suicide, although I will give you a hug if you need one. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just think we need to... Here's, so kind of going back to like um, the difference between the generations, you know, mm. popularizing it. Mm. I think we, the, the next coming generations will be better off than let's say we were, because mm-hmm. we are, because like when I grew up it was like, you know, obviously like boys don't cry, boys don't show their emotions, like what the hell you need your mom for? And then like, you know, so like the, the future generations, they're good. We're going to have people who are like, okay, I'm free to express my feelings. Mm -hmm. Now people will understand that if I express my feelings, I can progress and be, and figure out what I need Mm -hmm. compared to like, you know, Mm -hmm. well, suck it up. Which comes back to the whole, you're more likely to talk about an issue and we can get help Mm -hmm. for it. And and I agree with this, but at the same time, we also (laughs) like, I feel like in some aspects we've taken that too far. We're now to a point, it's like... Well, those are my feelings, and you can't say anything against them because otherwise you're attacking. It's like no, you're just like you know this whole. So my argument against that is no matter what, whenever there is change and yeah. stuff, there are always outliers, and there will always be people taking advantage of systems <clears throat> and blah 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 blah. Those are the type of people. Hey. The reality is, we just have to learn to deal with them because they're mm-hmm. never going to go away. Right. If they don't have that to use, they'll use so, something else. The other thing I could say is part of that also might be leftovers of this the way you were brought up like there there's a certain stigma that will always be there with you so what is so wrong about somebody to you know if they actually feel insulted shouldn't you do everything in your power to I I agree, but at the same time, there's a certain amount of social dynamics that goes into it where there is going to be sarcasm, there's Mm going to be teasing, and that is literally part of it, especially for males, that is part of a bonding experience. And it's not that it's a bad thing, it's that, yeah, you know what, sometimes you do need to have a little bit of a tougher skin. Trust me, I understand, and usually that's how, but I, I guess I don't do anything better, I just... My friends all have tough skin, so right. I don't have to right. worry about it. No, and, and, and I agree with that. That's not a solution because I just tend to avoid people who are easily offended. Right. But, but I, mean, I think like if I, if I got thrown into a situation with people who are like, that offends me, blah, 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 like this whole cancel culture that we have going on, I would get canceled immediately. Because like the things that me and my friends say at the Foundry completely offend. Like we are the biggest dicks to each other, but we all like each other. Mm-hmm. We all It's all in jest for the most part. And so it's... I, there's a couple of uh, quotes, um, though, like, 
um, can't think of them. Um, <laughs> like how you feel isn't wrong. Right. Okay, so that's a good one kind of for this. It's like, you know, you could yeah. say something and they could be like, okay, well, that offends me. Now, the other, uh, the other good one to that is, okay, well, guess what happens when you're offended? Nothing. Nothing. Right, yeah. exactly. Then, and then, that's, the, yeah, then yes. the other one to that is, is I'm responsible for what I say, not for what you hear. Exactly. So, you know, and like like, like so, Kevin said, he surrounds himself with, with those types of people because you, you tend to surround yourself with like-minded people, mm, people right. with the same humor. Yeah. So, like, you either adapt or you walk away from it. You can apologize and, you know, right. you could very well apologize and not mean it yeah. and just to ease it. Or honestly, if somebody says something that offends you, in the words of the dude, that's like your opinion. That's like your opinion, <laughs> Well, and that's what I think, too. That's what I was going to say is... That the reality is, is you can feel however you want. You really can. But when you start saying that your feelings supersede must somebody supersede else. somebody else and how they behave, you know, that's when I think we need to take a step back and say, you're responsible for your feelings. I mean, it is a two-way street. This so is true. if you if you don't want somebody telling you how you can feel, you shouldn't tell somebody how they can feel. Yes, exactly. So, but it gets so it's messed up. Complicated. Yeah, and yeah, that's I a. Agree. But back to mental health, education, awareness, talking Resources. about it. Resources. I I think if you can get rid of a lot of the stigma and you're mm -hmm. able to have a straight conversation with others that'll make you realize something and maybe get the help you need mm -hmm. um yeah yeah get the help you need before it progresses to a stage when you're going to the er because you think you're dying yeah i also think with that is with the going ahead and having a straight conversation with somebody about it is even if they don't care eventually somewhere down the road something's going to happen and they're going to be faced with it, or they're going, you know, somebody in their family, or even them, mm -hmm. and then they're going to look back and be like, I did, they remember those conversations mm -hmm. that they had, yep. even if they didn't agree with it. And they're going to say, this is what that person was talking about. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes it takes that going through it themselves to actually fully understand. recognize and understand that, oh shit, my views on everything, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's called planting the seed. You plant the seed that we need awareness, and then something happens, and it grows, and you understand. I think another thing is that people need to realize, like with mental illness and stuff, at least when it comes to like suicide or anything like that, it, a lot of people feel like they need to blame themselves if somebody does that, like, oh, mm -hmm. we should have known, but it's like, if somebody's going to commit suicide, they're going to do it. You know, it's, it's not going to be based on what you do or what you didn't do that is in that person's own head and whether or not they are going to fix what's going on. And, like, I, I don't know. I just, the people, there are people who feel really guilty when people commit suicide because they should have done something. But, honestly, what are you going to do? So, I think that's a really good point because I know that I've dealt with that on that end. And that's what I had to work through was not taking the blame for something like that. You ha and exactly just like you said, you need to recognize as a person that it was their broken brain. It's not about you. No, no, no. Straight up. No, no, no. It's okay, pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's not about you. It's a, so, for instance, I kill myself. It's not about you. 
It's about me. Right. Yep. It was my choice. It's my body. I. It's my right. But, well. Well, so, okay. So, what do we feel about, um, you know. Assisted suicide? Well, I mean, we can no. dive into that. But, so, like. You know, when somebody kills themselves, and then you have the people that are like, oh, I wish I could have done something. But then you have the opposite end of the group, where they're like, that's just selfish. Why would you kill yourself? Think about that. Uh, Here, and this is just my opinion, I don't think it's selfish. I think if you're suffering that much, mm-hmm. and in the, especially in the United States, where we do not have that culture of actually caring about other people, so you, you know, let's say, we'll, we'll move away from that, let's say you're, you're by yourself. You don't have any living family. You're depressed or suicidal and yeah you've got friends but you feel like you can't reach out to anyone you don't have those resources you end it and then you know like that or the op- or the other end where it's like I've got four kids and I'm I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm good enough for my family I don't feel like I'm um, a good dad I don't feel like I'm a good partner I don't feel this that or the other and I do it I just I commit suicide is that selfish? I don't think so. I I just don't think it is. I think, like he said, I think that's 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 their choice to, they're they're in it so deep that they feel like that is their only solution. That you know, because of a broken brain mm-hmm. that's been kind of been thrown out, is mm-hmm. that everyone around them is better off without mm-hmm. them in it. I don't think mm-hmm. that's selfish, but that's just me. See, I don't know. It's funny because I've, I've been like right on that doorstep and I, I kind of do fall into that group that says, you know, it is just kind of selfish. And maybe it's just because I've come out the other side of it. But when you're in that place, you are only focusing on yourself and how you feel. And you, you're not taking like you do take into consideration how it's going to affect other people, but you don't think you matter enough that it'll actually affect anybody. And, you know, the fact that you say you can't reach out to anybody, I like... I can tell you now that's just a lie. Most people will listen to you if you're honestly talking about suicide. You can always call the suicide hotline. I did call them one time and they weren't very helpful. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I heard of somebody um, who called and it was busy. Yeah, I mean oh. that also happened. You got a busy. Signal. That's got to be like, well, later. that's a sign. But no, it, was, <laughs> it was funny when I actually called the suicide hotline that one time. I felt like they were like, okay, can we get off the phone now? And I was like. Really, dude, all I want to do is talk because I have no. I don't feel like I have anybody to talk to, but. Anyway, I, I don't know. I, I do, I guess, think that it is selfish in that way, but only because I, I guess I've seen how it affected my family when I was going to do that. And it just makes you realize it's like, oh, you know, that these people actually feel like it's their fault when really it's not. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. anybody else, like we said, but that person. And so in a way, I, I mean, I do think of it as selfish and I think it's stupid, but like I said, I think that's just because I've come out the other side of it and seeing the effects it's had on people. So, as a family member who's dealt with lots of suicide, and as a healthcare professional who's dealt with lots of suicide, um, I have helped a lot of people work through that suicide attempt, and every single one of them has to deal with the fact that they tried. You know, and... Every person I've ever talked to that has actually tried um, really regrets their decision for similar reasons as to why you stated because they just, they, 
their brain at the moment couldn't comprehend that they were not hopeless and they were not helpless. Um, and there was, you know, no reason, they were not worthless. You know, they, their brain could not comprehend that. And so they thought the only thing that they could do was remove themselves from the equation. And so I, I strongly feel people who feel suicidal are not capable of properly caring for themselves in that moment and they need someone to take care of them until they work through that issue or whatever is wrong with their brain so that they can realize that even uh, that that you're not hopeless, you're not worthless, and you're not helpless. Because I'm I'm here to tell you that I am the type of person that the minute I hear somebody killed themselves, my heart breaks because I love everybody. And I know it's super blanket statement, blah 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 blah. But I would never ever want anyone, even if I, you've never met me and you're only watching me here, I still love you. End of story. You are never alone, you are never whatever, blah, 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 blah. Because I just, I care that much about people. That's why I became a nurse, you know? And it just, it always breaks my heart when, when I hear people even thinking about wanting to take their life because I value your life so much. Um, and so with everything I've seen and experienced, I just... I will never be comfortable this, with saying that is someone's right, that is someone's choice. Because with all of the evidence put in front of me, I really believe that people who are making that choice, they are incapable of making another choice because of whatever is going on inside their head. That, that's jump off my soapbox. Wrapping up, what would you like to say about mental health? Final uh, words. Final words on mental health. I would say that uh, I think a big place you need more mental health care is actually in a workplace. I mean, just recently we've had two different people kill ourselves, kill themselves at the foundry, not at the foundry, but people who mm -hmm. work there because of COVID and stuff like this. And it's like nobody cares. You know, nobody's getting help. Everybody's just whatever. You talk to anybody about any kind of mental health thing there, and they'll basically tell you, yeah, get over it. It's not real. And so I think that education, even within workplaces and stuff like that, and people who are actually there to help you in those workplaces. Somebody who cares. Right, could be a, a big help in those places. Like, if, if every workplace had, like, at least one counselor that you could just go to, be like, hey, man, like, work sucks, mm -hmm. everything sucks. I don't know. I think that that would help a mm -hmm. lot. Like, I think it should be, like, an HR position. Which you know? it kind of is in some Fortune 500, but it's not nowhere near enough. Right. It's really not enough. Cody? Um, shit, just more acceptance and realize that just because it's not happening to you at the moment doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, you know, be kind to everyone. We don't know people's struggles just by looking at them. Um, you know, and just hopefully we can figure out a way to get it all kind of sorted and at least take steps to help relieve the situation until we can fully throw our full weight at it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Just needs to be a higher priority than it currently is. Um, more awareness of it. And that that's 
half the battle, making people aware and making people accept that it's a constant, you know, that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Uh, gloomy episode, but, you know, that's kind of how it goes. Um, I didn't think it was too gloomy. Oh, I thought it was pretty gloomy. I don't know. It's a good topic. I get excited talking about this topic because we need help. Especially in our family. <laughs> I know, I know. 